0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to On the Right Road. I'm your host, Paula Phillips, and as always, I've got something good and positive and wonderful to say and share with you all this evening. I can hardly believe it, but tonight is actually our fifth anniversary of the On the Right Road radio show. So in honor of that and the new year all rolled up into one, I really wanted to pick a special topic for this evening that meant a lot to my heart and that I thought would be a really big help and support to you. So as I've been thinking and praying about tonight's show for the last couple of months, actually... The theme that has kept popping into my mind in one way or another has been the parent perspective on education. Uh, Right Road team member Marcy is actually going to join me here in a few minutes, and in addition to my working with thousands and thousands of teachers in classrooms over the last nearly 28 years now, and us both being uh, (laughs) probably about the biggest advocates out there for teachers and all educators, Marcy and I are also parents going through today's education system with our kids. Uh, Over the last couple of decades, I've seen kind of this great divide grow between parents and teachers in general. And I feel like Marcy and I have a very unique perspective that I hope will shed a ton of helpful light and insight and really help bridge that parent-teacher gap of communication and understanding. Now, some of the questions that we're going to cover will be tough to answer because they're on sensitive topics on both the parent and teacher sides. But I think it is so important to connect about the tough stuff too sometimes, because that can lead to some of the biggest support and understanding. And it is just so hard to see all the negativity being spewed about education in general. So it's really time. For everyone to come together in a spirit of real communication and understanding. So for many, many reasons, tonight's show means a whole lot to my heart. And I hope with all my heart that it will be a wonderful blessing for you and provide a literal ton of helpful information and insight and support for you and your amazing work with kids. And I wanted to start the show with a blast of positivity as an introduction to the whole topic of the parent perspective, and here's what I came up with that I love Um, As we kick off 2020 here, I'm going to share some positive moments from 2019 that came from you, Right Road Teacher Friends. And those that I selected to share are great examples of how, as a parent, I so appreciate the work of teachers. And each teacher whose positive moment I share here... Will receive a school supply grab bag. <laughs> One of the ways that parents can support teachers and show appreciation is by providing even just a few basic supplies. I mean, you all know a pack of highlighters or sharpies or pencils or dry erase markers can go a long way. So I wanted to tie everything in this evening with the spirit of sharing and giving. So here are tonight's positive moment, right? Road teacher listener shout outs from you. And my related positive parent perspectives. First of all, Janine Brand from Mandarin High School in Jacksonville, Florida shared Three weeks before school started, I was informed that I'd be teaching AP AICE Biology. AICE is a program using curriculum from Cambridge in the UK. For the, fast, uh, for the past few years, enrollment in this class has dropped because the students no longer enjoyed the teaching style of the previous teacher. She said, The biggest compliment has been that my students are encouraging other students to take my class next year. And related, Alicia Dressel from Wrens Elementary in Wrens, Georgia shared, It has been an emotionally tough year. I had some struggles getting familiar with the testing schedules for fifth grade. Then, for their mid-year writing test, they did an essay on the best parts of school, and five of them wrote about me. She said, I was shocked, moved, and enlightened. She said, my impact goes further than I realized. It made me feel amazing. Okay, parent perspective. When kids are talking or writing about wanting to be in your class or taking your class, you are doing something incredibly right. And here's the greatest thing. You can be a tough teacher and still be beloved. I think that's the best of both worlds. I would rather my son have a teacher that pushes him than one who makes, you know, everything an easy A, plus having a caring connection that makes kids wanna be in your class is worth a million bucks. I've seen that combination and that's when learning and growing really skyrockets. Okay, Andrea Heinel from Ritzman CLC and Glover CLC in Akron, Ohio shared this. She said, one of my happiest moments was at our last music concert. We used donated drums made out of buckets and the kids loved playing instruments that weren't traditional. The art teacher even had kids decorate the bucket drums in art class. It's so rewarding to work together and have fun learning at the same time. Oh, my gosh, you guys. As a parent, when I feel that spirit of camaraderie and teamwork between teachers and everyone at a school in general, my heart just sings. Uh, you know, And you can really sense what's going on the minute you walk onto a school campus. So I think that's something for every school to really look at. Is that sense of camaraderie alive and well? And if it's not, really ask, what are we going to do to make it that way? Huge, huge difference in the lives of everyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next one, Kimberly Morgan from Lincoln Elementary in Lancaster, California, shared, the best happy moment in my class was when we created our classroom social contract and my students were responsible for coming up with the words of how they wanted to be treated and how they would treat others. These words have helped all of us be better people and it's wonderful to hear the kids use words from our social contract to remind others of what our class is all about. Parent perspective, this goes to how awesome it is when teachers touch our kids' hearts and souls, not just their academic brains. From this parent's perspective, all I can say is yay to the nth degree. Absolutely awesome, Kimmy Lee. Uh, Rachel Casey from Landmark Academy in Commerce City, Colorado shared, my favorite 2019 memory with my fifth graders was the first week of school. They used Pringles potato chips to complete a STEM challenge. They had so much fun and I was able to learn a lot about each each of them and their learning styles. Parent perspective. I love seeing when teachers really want to know about my child. And for my son, When they look beyond, like now that he's in high school, maybe his physical athleticism to also see his brain power, his compassion, and, you know, his overall abilities and talents. Really knowing a child is key to helping and empowering them become the best student and person they can be. So thank you and a huge shout out to all of you who take the time To really know kids from the get-go of a school year, I know how time-consuming and even overwhelming that can be in terms of energy involved, but as a parent, it is just the absolute best gift to see. (laughs) And Kathy Masita from Woodrow Wilson Middle School in Erie, Pennsylvania shared, I work as a math specialist, so I have a different role than I did as a classroom teacher, She said, my happiest moments are when my middle school students, kids who are notoriously reluctant to ask for help, enthusiastically greet me when I come into their classrooms. They ask to come with me for pullout because they tell me we get so much more done when we go with you. She said it was frustrating as a classroom teacher to know students need help and know what to do, but not have the time or small group situations to review and help them in the way they need parent perspective this is key anyone who's listening any administration any school districts class sizes are way too often way too big too often kids are not getting the personal support they need when they need it and fires to learn can die way too easily so again as a parent thank you to all the educators and districts that make personalized learning a priority and figure out how to make that happen, even in the midst of big budget cuts and big class sizes and all the other challenges. So, I hope you guys that that was a fun shout out start to tonight's show. Welcome, a million times welcome to each and every one of you listening. Happy New Year, happy 2020. As always, I'm just thrilled you're all here with me this evening. And to kick off tonight's huge parent-to-teacher giving, I've got this evening's first awesome on the Right Road giveaway, and note you guys that I'll announce all the recipients from all of tonight's live and pre-show giveaways on our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons, because there's going to be so many, And so make sure you guys to check for those big recipient announcement posts on our Right Road Kids Facebook page, And I have to take a a minute to mention that we're making one important change to our giving policy starting this year, and that's that in addition to entering each particular giveaway opportunity that you want to, educator recipients also need to be signed up with us as Right Road Teacher Friends on our website. It has really become difficult to connect with teachers if we have questions about their school address or even their name sometimes. For example, if you use a different name on Facebook, which is totally understandable, but then we can't figure out how to reach you. So we can spend hours and days sometimes just trying to figure out who recipients are and how to get their gifts to them. So if you sign up in advance, it is so, 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 so helpful, you guys. No need to sign up on our website. Again, if you've already done so, But if you haven't or if you need to update your school info or email, you can easily sign up or re-sign up with us. Just go to rightroadkids.org. That's our website. Again, that's rightroadkids.org. And click the sign up tab down just a little bit on the right side of the page. It literally just takes a minute. Plus, when you sign up, you'll receive our Right Road emails too with tons more weekly giving opportunities. So, for tonight... With the exception of an added incredible bonus giveaway in honor of our fifth on the right road anniversary, all of the rest of the great big giveaways tonight will be wonderful teacher favorite supplies that parents can easily give teachers. And note, you guys, that we'll be mailing all the gifts from tonight's show to the recipients at their schools the week of January 27th, so they should arrive by early February. So, here's tonight's first terrific On the Right Road giveaway, everybody. It's open, of course, to all educators in the U.S. listening to On the Right Road right now. And first, especially for those of you new to On the Right Road, I want to make sure to mention tonight's code word, which is the word perspective. So, to enter the giveaways tonight, all you need to do is go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page. Instead of waiting for the giveaways to pop up in your newsfeed, actually go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page, okay? Because sometimes everything doesn't always pop up in the news in your newsfeed. Then, after I explain each one, it will come right up on the Right Road Kids Facebook page. This one isn't there yet because I haven't explained it. And in addition to the easy entry guidelines that will be right there in the giveaway post, also, make sure to type in anywhere in your um, entry the code word perspective because that lets us know that you're listening and it officially enters you. Okay. So, one of the best gifts parents can give teachers top quality pencils. So, for this first giveaway this evening, I have 18 sets of great quality Papermate pencils. Six of the sets are pre-sharpened number two wood pencils and each of those sets includes two packages of pencils and even a couple of pink pearl erasers. Plus I have six sets of the larger size triangular shaped wood pencils that are awesome especially for younger learners who may be having trouble with motor skills like holding a pencil in writing. Each of those gift sets includes two packs of the larger size pencils and sharpeners for them, plus... I have six sets of awesome paper mate mechanical pencils and each of those sets includes two packs and oh my gosh, the look of them is so cool, you guys. Uh, The giveaway picture includes all the kinds of pencils so you can see what they all look like. So all told, there will be 18 teacher recipients and each will receive one of the awesome pencil gift sets that I just shared about. So to enter, you can go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now as you're listening. It should be right up there on the on our Facebook page right now. Just follow those simple entry guidelines in the giveaway post. Remember to type tonight's code word perspective as part of your entry comment. And for this giveaway, if you have a preference for the regular wood pencils, the larger triangular size pencils, or the mechanical pencils, jot your preference. And while we can't guarantee because names are drawn at random, we will certainly do our best to match each recipient with their pencil preference, okay? And this giveaway will be open until just after the end of the show, till 6:30 p.m. Pacific, 9:30 Eastern tonight. And we'll announce the 18 recipients on our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday afternoon. Huge special thanks to Nair, to Lori Stena Center, Keller Williams Real Estate Team, and to Mo Anderson on behalf of Keller Williams. And her beautiful A Joy-Filled Life book for helping to make this awesome giveaway possible. And I think you all know that this is just the first of the fantastic giveaways I'll have throughout the whole show for you tonight. So keep our Right Road Kids Facebook page close and ready. Just a quick note that if you're not listening live tonight, we're live Sunday, January 12th, 2020. Tonight's giveaways will, of course, be closed after that. So now, you guys, guess who's back on the air with me this evening? It is none other than Right Road team member Marcy Savie, for those of you who may not yet know Marcy, she's the communications coordinator for Right Road Kids and the associate producer of our On the Right Road radio show. She is the right hand of Right Road, and I don't know what we would all do without her. (laughs) And related to tonight's Parent Perspective show, she actually has three awesome kids, one in middle school and two in high school now. And I'm just so happy to welcome her back to the On the Right Road Airwaves with me. Welcome back, Marcy. Thank you. I'm so excited when we get the opportunity to do one of these shows. I know. We always have so much fun, and I I always, uh, I hope and I think that we're together, like we share this big blast of Right Road Positivity together, so yay! So thank you for being with me, Marcy, and I think you and I can both agree that this has been <laughs> quite a school year so far, I mean, both from the perspectives of our calling to provide uplifting support to, to everyone, to teachers, kids in classrooms across the country, and From our perspective as parents, you and I have been talking so much about all the challenges we see from both sides. And, you know, I know that it's really been on both of our hearts to share our perspectives as parents to hopefully help provide a whole lot of insight from that end of things that will hopefully be really, really helpful for all of you listening. So we've got a zillion questions here that have come in from all of you wonderful Right Road teacher friends. We're going to answer as many of them as we can from the parent perspective. And for each teacher whose question we answer, we're actually going to send that educator a $50 school supply gift pack. So Marcy's going to ask the questions this
1: evening. So which question would you like to start with, my friend? Oh, there's so many to choose from tonight. I'm going to start with Lisa Heath from Valley View Elementary in Springfield, Michigan. And she's wondering, how do parents feel about homework? How much do they think kids should have, if any? And related, Melanie Imrick from Randolph Elementary in Randolph, Wisconsin would like to know, as a parent, does it bother you that all papers don't come home and or some aren't graded, but instead used for quick assessment and completion scores?
0: This is a great question, and from the parent perspective, I like homework, especially as a way to make sure kids are really mastering concepts. I think 15 to 20 minutes average per class per night is the right amount. I mean, like kindergartners, no more than 15 minutes, but like in high school, 15, 20 minutes, even sometimes a half hour per class. I think that's fine, but I never think it should be busy work. It's okay to give give kids a night off, and a thought is... You and I were talking about this the other day, Marcy, that if it's too much to correct, maybe it's too much to give. Maybe that's like a helpful touchstone. And in terms of correcting it, I actually think it is important so kids can see and know if they're not yet understanding something. Um, My son has had situations this year as a high school freshman where he'll work for an hour on one assignment and the teacher will barely look at it. And he can leave the class wondering if he's on track or needs extra work on something, really having no idea. And then other times, you know, a random assignment will be worth a significant homework grade. He spent all the time. And yet if he makes a mistake on it, not quite understanding a concept yet. I mean, there that is a ding of a grade. So I think consistency is key. I think the important thing is that homework helps kids truly master concepts and that they feel empowered by it. I don't think all homework has to be graded equally, but I do feel it all should be looked at and corrected so kids know and a teacher knows if they're on track. And maybe the biggest part of the homework grade should be for completion. So you know, when they're learning something, they're not getting bad marks for doing their best and learning it if they're marked down big time when doing homework. You know what I mean? That can be a huge bubble burster. And you know, teachers, you know if kids have really tried or if they're just scribbling something down. you know, I just don't think homework should be randomly used to kind of get kids or sock it to them. I really think it can be part of the joy of learning with the right approach. Um, uh, Maybe even call it Homework uh, instead of homework, home fun or home learning instead of homework. What do you think, Mars?
1: Well, I couldn't agree more with everything you said about the homework. Um, and from my perspective, one other thing I'd like to add on is about the grading of it. Yeah, I'm finding so much now that all of all of the work is done online. We don't write papers and turn them in anymore. They do it online. They submit it and they don't come back graded. And we learned right. so much from seeing those corrections on our papers and knowing what we did wrong and what we needed to change. And I feel like my kids aren't getting that nearly as much anymore.
0: Amen. Oh, my gosh, I'm so glad you added that because I couldn't agree more. If you, don't, if you can't see what you've done and see the mistakes, you have no idea to know what you're supposed to be working on or what you need to learn in a better way. So,
1: yes. Absolutely. Yeah, they kind of become machines to just complete things. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Losing the hope there. Yes. So what do we have next, Mars? I know we've got tons here. I, I have a question from Diane Hoffpair from L.F. Smith Elementary in Pasadena, Texas, and she would love to know how she can help her own kindergarten student be successful.
0: Oh, my gosh. I think all parents need to know that kinder preparedness is key. And that's really going to set the stage and help throughout a child's entire school career. I mean, things like holding scissors, cutting, uh, you know, holding a pencil and writing knowledge of basic letters, the alphabet song, along with letter recognition, writing their name, colors, uh, coloring, saying please and thank you reading to them other night every night. These are just some of the things that parents should be doing with their kids from as soon as they seem ready. You know, not as learning pressure, but to engage kids in life and helping learning become a lifelong wonder and exciting process. And this should not be viewed as a burden for parents. I mean, looking right. back with my son, it was one of my life's greatest joys, sharing all of those learning basics with him. I love I get choked up about it because I loved every moment of it. And I think it's such a shame when parents feel like that's a burden because it's not a job, it's a joy. And when kids go to school with that preparedness, it just becomes a whole different learning adventure because they're ready. And it also makes the start of the kids' education so much better for the teachers as well. And here's another important point. Doing these things with your kids as parents will also help you recognize early on if there might be a developmental challenge that needs to be addressed. It is so much better. You know, if you know this early on rather than later, you know, by third, fourth, fifth grade, if a child has dyslexia or motor skill challenges, that child may be so discouraged and so far behind at that point that it causes so many more challenges for everyone. So, from my parent perspective, that kinder preparedness should be a blessing and a joy all the way around. Oh, I love that question.
1: I couldn't agree more. Being hands on is so important. Oh, absolutely! And if parents
0: are too busy, it's just such a shame. Such a shame because they're missing it. They're missing all right. those little joys, right? Oh my gosh!
1: Right. Well, this next question came in from so many teachers, and so I'm going to try to address it as mu- as many as I can. I'm going to start off with Lori Henry from Charles A. Lindbergh Elementary in Saint Joseph, Missouri had a question. Her question just, it hits so close to home these days. She says, what is your response to room clearing for out-of-control students in your child's classroom? She said she feels so badly for students who are there to learn, and she's amazed that more parents are not expressing their concerns for this room clearing policy. And related to that, Keisha Nichols from Kenwood Elementary in Bowling Green, Ohio, asks, how do parents of the other students feel about the fact that one or two students are impacting the quality of education that the rest of the class is receiving. And another way of looking at this, we have another question from Jamie Meddings from Kermit Pre-K through 8th grade in Kermit, West Virginia. And she wants to know how she can get through to the parent who doesn't want to see that their child is struggling and in serious need of special services.
0: Oh my gosh, this is all such a crisis in education. Uh, you know, as a parent, I am I'm am troubled by this more than words can express. Every child is unique and special and has a best way of learning. That's a given and it's it's not the issue here. And I hope I say this right, but I think what it is is that we've somehow gotten to a point in terms of political correctness where the challenges of one are far outweighing the needs of all, and it's causing a lot of problems, and that cannot sustain. I mean, if you think of a company like Ford Motor Company, for example, it's not going to shut down their assembly line because one worker has a headache, and that's kind of what's happening in schools with all the room clearing for meltdowns. Think about it. I mean, a company would go out of business, and I think the huge challenge is that there now are so many special circumstances happening. And this all goes, I I hope I'm not going off track here, but this is really on my heart. This all goes to the point of mental health for our kids. When I was growing up, I remember there was one child in the whole school who had kind of meltdowns and breakdowns and needed ongoing help in that way. Now, it's a regular occurrence, often in every classroom. So, Something is going on with our kids' overall mental health, and that's part of why raising and teaching the whole child is so important. It's part of why Kinder has to get back to allowing kids to play together and learn to socialize instead of forcing, you know, first and second grade academics on them. There is so much involved with this question, but I guess if I had to, in a nutshell, share as a parent, I'm not okay with everything having to do with a shutdown every time a child has a meltdown. And, of course, empathy and understanding of differences and challenges and, you know, acceptance of differences, that all needs to be taught. But parents also need to teach their kids to be accountable. And parents need to be open to recognizing learning and mental health challenges in their kids and not just dumping kids off at school, expecting teachers to just handle it all. You know, I know that might be a harsh, a harsh way to put it, but that's part of parenting. And to the other part of the question, we've all got to work together as parents, teachers and schools to figure out what to do so that these breakdowns and, and therefore shutdowns aren't happening at the alarming level they are in schools. Those situations are scary. They're disruptive. They're confusing. They're education halting. And it's not in the best interest of any of the kids or the teachers well-being You know, we all have a bad day here and there, but if a child has these kind of shutdown breakdowns happening on a regular basis, parents need to recognize that child needs some kind of help, and that's okay. I mean, it's not saying that person is a bad parent. It's just saying the child needs help, and getting that help for that child will affect all of the kids and the teacher and the parents and the whole learning environment in such a good way, don't you think, Mars?
1: Oh, absolutely. We unfortunately experienced this quite a bit in elementary school with, unfortunately, all three of my kids. And I never really understood why the whole class was being affected. Um, But I think the part I had the the hardest time with is that the teachers didn't have the support that they needed to remedy the situation. It actually took a couple of our teachers physically getting hurt before something was done to stop the child. Which is, it just seems crazy to me. It's just not commonsensical. Yes. Mm
0: -hmm. So everybody, we've got to do something about this. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh.
1: Great questions. Okay. Next we have Kay Schultz from Escondido High School in Escondido, California, with a great question that you and I can definitely relate to with our kids in high school now. (laughs) She's asking, how do we get more parents involved at the high school level? And Melissa Smith from Spooner Elementary in Spooner, Wisconsin, is also asking something similar. She says, what motivates you as a parent to get involved in your child's classroom?
0: Oh, my gosh. I mean, just being asked motivates me. I'll be there for my son and for all the kids however I can. I just need to be asked, which I actually have not been this whole year in high school. And and, and I understand, you know, communication, everybody's so busy. Um, but I, I cannot reiterate how much just ask, and a lot of parents, at least from what I've seen, a lot of parents will be there. And here's another thing related. I think that volunteer, the whole volunteer sign-up process is now an issue for many parents. We just received notice this year that TB testing and a million other things are needing needed for us as parents to even be allowed to walk onto a campus to help. And I feel like a few bad situations have just led to 99% of parents who really want to help, having no idea how, or having to jump through these hoops, not even feeling welcome. And so many districts now aren't even allowing teachers to put wish lists out or do Donors Choose projects. And that's crazy. From my parent perspective Many, many parents want to help. We're just not sure what to do with all these rules in place. And a whole lot of us, don't you think, Mars, we just need to be asked and clearly let know how we can help. And we will be there with bells on. Don't you think, Mars?
1: Absolutely. I was very involved in elementary school. And then once my kids hit middle school, I felt like they didn't want parents anywhere near. Everything was teaching them independence and wanting the kids to do everything on their own, which is great. They need to learn that. Yes. But it was so strongly that they didn't want parents around starting, and for us, sixth grade is middle school here. And that was a hard transition as a parent. And then you just kind of back off like, okay, I guess I can't be there. (laughs) Well, and you see all the needs that the teachers
0: have, and you just want to help. Like I said, the teachers aren't even aren't even allowed to put out wish lists for fear of being sued because somebody can't donate something and they feel bad. It's like, okay, everybody, just take a breath here. We've got right. to get back to common sense with all of this because we're, it is it does take a village and the village is here to help. We just have to figure out how to communicate and come together. And I think that should be a priority at every school. I think that should Absolutely. be an in-service thing of a, an exciting process of how to Go back to the basics of bringing everybody
1: together. I love this. Yes, we can do this. (laughs) (laughs) We got this. Our next question comes from, actually, she has two questions from Jennifer McMaster from Harlan High School in San Antonio, Texas. Her first question is, our high school allows students to turn in work at any point during a six-week period. What do you think about this? And second, she's asking about cell phones. Cell phones are a crazy addiction among teens. How do you think your child's cell phone helps them at school?
0: Gosh, in terms of work, I think, as a parent, that there should be daily turn-ins and longer timeline project turn-ins. I think both of those things together... Help teach kids the best time management and are in their best interest. I think only using longer time frames could be missing an important time management and deadline learning component, especially when kids are still teenagers, right? Um, and in terms of phones, this is so interesting that this question just came up because I just read an article this last week on teaching kids life skills using phones and tech, not just Instagram and Snapchat, right? I mean. Kids need to learn how to research to get information, like how to find a good doctor or dentist in the area. They need to know how to make appointments and how to deposit money to a bank account and how to get through to a customer service person and handle things like if a bill is incorrect. So many kids only know how to text and post. Now, I think parents should be teaching kids these things, but... To specifically answer the question, in some classes, I think these are ways that phones could be used to really learn great life skills in schools, too. And having said that, as a parent, I do like when teachers have kids put their phones in like a cubby when they enter a classroom. So classes can be, you know, phone-free in most cases. I think that's important. Too often, phones are just way too distracting in classes. But... I think looking at it in terms of these life skills is an interesting new perspective because technology is with us. um, And if we can encourage them how to use things in positive ways, you know, only good can come out of that, I think. What do you think, Mars? I mean, again,
1: I know I keep saying it, but I agree with everything you just said. Um, I'm going to go back to the, the time management portion of it. And, yeah. and I, I think they should be doing both long-term and daily as well. Um, but my, my son is extremely smart, but he's become very lazy. And if he, he has one class where things they have a very long time period to turn things in, and when I say, do you have homework? Oh, that's not due tomorrow. Well, that's just a way for somebody who's lazy to fall behind really easily.
0: Yes, and they have to learn that skill Of keeping on top of it every day. Yeah, so I, I, yes, I think we're in agreement. Yes. As well as the long term, because he needs to learn to do that too. Absolutely. I think they can work really well together, actually. But I think having just one or the other is is somehow doing a disservice to all kids need to learn in terms of time management. So,
1: yay! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so next we have Maureen. Katapia from 66th Street Elementary in Los Angeles, California, and she's wondering why is it that parent engagement and support is hard for low-income families and second language learners, even though there are things like parent-free workshops available for them.
0: You know, I'm sorry, I, that's
1: free parent workshop.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have a lot of empathy for this from what I've seen living in Southern California, where it's really a melting pot of languages. What I've seen is if parents don't speak English or if they're struggling with it as a second language, they may really be embarrassed by the language barrier, even if notices go out in Spanish, for example. Um, I know like when I went to Germany, I I speak a little bit of German, but it's hard to engage. You know, you feel like, oh, I don't want to put my foot in my mouth. I don't want to say the wrong thing, you know. Or on the whole other end of things, lower income parents may be working two to three minimum wage jobs just trying to make ends meet and when in that position of just having time to meet the basic needs for their family it can be hard to see past those immediate needs so I think you know empathy and understanding and helping everyone feel comfortable and welcomed and valued is key I think what really helps is to put yourself in someone else's shoes you know for yourself what would engage you and make you feel comfortable and excited to attend or participate if language, for example, was a concern for you as a parent. And I think that mindset can really help bring solutions to light, not just for this, but for so many things. And Mars, I know we have so many more parent perspective questions that have flowed in here for us, but first, I have another awesome giveaway for you all listening. It's another wonderful resource that parents can easily provide for any teacher. This is Facebook giveaway number two tonight. Of course, it's open to all educators in the U.S. listening to On the Right Road right now. I have 12 fantastic post-it gift sets. Each set comes with nine wonderfully colorful post-it pads, six of the standard three-by-three-inch size and three of the four-by-six-inch size, and the latter are those coveted lined style, plus four of the gift sets will also include a bonus 15-pack of multicolored Post-its. So there will be 12 teacher recipients and each will receive one of the big nine-pad gift packs and four will also receive the added 15-count bonus pack. So to enter, you can go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now as you're listening. Just follow those simple entry guidelines in the giveaway post. It should be right up on our Right Road Kids Facebook page for you right now. Remember to include tonight's code word perspective as part of your entry comment. Jot it anywhere in there even if you included it in tonight's earlier giveaway, okay? And this one will be open until just after the end of the show till 7pm Pacific 10 Eastern tonight. And we'll announce the 12 recipients on our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday afternoon. And of course, great big thanks to Nair, to Lori Steenis and her Keller Williams real estate team, and to Mo Anderson on behalf of Keller Williams and her beautiful A Joy-Filled Life book for helping to make this giveaway possible. And now you guys, we're gonna get into some of the questions and topics that are a bit tougher to talk about from the parent perspective. I know Marcy and I are going to do our absolute best to be clear and at the same time be as loving as possible in answering them. Again, I just think it's so good and healthy to talk about the tough stuff in a compassionate way that can really help everyone understand each other. And I'm hoping with all my heart that tonight's show just opens wonderful dialogue within all of your school communities. I I hope this will all be tremendously helpful for you. So what do we have next there, Mars?
1: Crystal Gross from Van Buren Elementary in Janesville, Wisconsin, who is also a parent, shared, I have a child who is considered gifted in math. After many meetings with teachers in previous years and now, how and what can I do to convey that they really are not meeting his needs? They do not have some things in place. They do have some things in place, like a 40-minute group once a week. But things are not differentiated in his class at all.
0: Oh, my gosh, I get it. This is a huge issue from the parent perspective. And I mentioned this earlier in the show. In general, class sizes are too big. Some of my son's classes this year started at 38 and 39 students. The kids are jammed in like sardines in the classrooms. You know, a teacher really getting to know each student is key. And yet, with 30 to 35 kids in a class in elementary school when the kids are learning to read, or in high school when a teacher can have 150 plus kids on his or her daily docket, uh, you know, like one of the, like I said, one of the teacher shout outs shared, we're not best serving our kids when there are so many in a class that they can often only be seen as a number. And the teachers barely have a chance to get to know the learning style and the needs of each child. So I think, you know, without getting too overwhelmed in too many details, class size is the main issue and what needs to be addressed. What's your perspective on this, Mars?
1: Um, You know, my perspective really is for parents, and I encourage them to advocate early on for their child. Um, I had this situation with with one of, well, with my son, and I didn't do much or think much at the time because he excelled in class and it was no big deal. But later on, that became a negative thing for him because he never learned the study skills and he never had to try. And then suddenly you hit high school and it's like, whoa, it's not that he's not smart enough to do the work, but he He'd never been taught to study. He never had to study. He could listen to whatever was lectured and get an A, you know. And so it became a problem later on because I didn't get involved early on
0: interesting I, I agree I think like I said before I think it's a joy to be involved now once the kids especially get to middle school and high school I think it's very important us for us as parents to make sure they're handling whatever they can on their own you know I only step in to help when it's last resort but but right away like in high school watch connect with your kids how are they really doing don't wait three months to realize oh my kids aren't aren't doing well on tests, they're not understanding the homework procedure turn-in process, whatever. I I totally agree, Mars. Great, great point
1: to add. Okay, we have another one from Michelle Paschke from Scales Technology Academy in Tempe, Arizona, and she shares that the most challenging part of school comes from the parents. She said she's never felt so disrespected as a teacher as she does this year. She's wondering why parents can't give her the benefit of the doubt and be supportive since she is their child's teacher. Also related, Kara Stambaugh from Harding Elementary in Mason City, Iowa, is wondering, do parents really understand how much of ourselves we put into educating their children?
0: This is a tough topic, and it hurts my heart. You and I talk a lot about this, Marcy, because we really understand things from both the parent and teacher perspectives. And I think, like with anything, a few bad apples on either side can cause a whole lot of trouble on both sides. I mean, I've seen parents, right? I've seen parents bring teachers to tears. And it's just crazy how they feel entitled to do so and demand that their kids, inter- you know, deserve this entitlement. It's horrible. And it doesn't serve anyone, especially the child. And on the other side of things, we all know that teacher burnout and exhaustion are real. It's just it, it's such an issue that as a parent, I've found it almost impossible in some cases to connect with the teacher personally or even via email because they're so busy. It really is on both sides. And uh, Marcy, I, I think you'll agree with me that we see problems and challenges that all of you are dealing with as teachers and then if you can imagine us on the parent end hearing about it all and seeing it all and advocating for our kids and wanting to help and seeing exhausted teachers and an educational system often in disarray in many ways, I think beyond the back-to-school nights, we, have, we all, all of us need to figure out how to get something in place to aid overall communication and teamwork, to help some of these major issues all the way around. Just know that... The majority of us parents appreciate you beyond measure and we will absolutely we want to be your partner in helping our kids see educational success. At least for Marcy and me it hurts us absolutely. just as much, right? As it hurts you. As it, it as it hurts, what am I trying to say? As it's as it is to see you hurting. It hurts our hearts. And every day we're working to do everything we can to be of support to you and your students. I mean to the absolute nth degree. Right, Mars? I mean we talk about this all the time.
1: Absolutely. I think I think it's it's hard just like, you know, the teachers have burnout. I think the parents face one teacher they've had a problem with and it puts them on the defense and they come to you defensive. Kind of without getting to know you, just like we want you to get to know our students. We as parents need to do the same thing with you.
0: Right, right, and and the bad apples go on both sides. That's what's so hard. Right, and, and it it's that way in anything. A bad apple can cause this huge cancer, you know, in in a whole situation. And I feel like that's what's happening. And then you add that political correctness and people, you know, districts and whatnot, not allowing common sense to be used. And I think everything has gotten way blown out of proportion. So, I'm, again, I'm so glad we're talking about these difficult things because that's what can make them better. Yay.
1: All right, the next one comes from Peyton Dockery from Pilot Elementary in Greensboro, North Carolina, and she shares that as a parent now, she finds herself sometimes totally agreeing with the other parents at school. From the teacher and parent standpoint, she's asking, what is the best way to still be a part of the parent group while maintaining proper professional ethics and decorum? You know, this totally ties
0: into what we were just talking about. In, in some significant ways, it can be tough to be both educator and parent. And yet, it can be wonderfully enlightening on both sides. I think the best thing to do and what I've always really tried to do at my son's schools is to literally wear two different pairs of shoes, so to speak, stepping in and out as appropriate as educator and parent. I think especially for your own kids as a parent, It's important to keep the two as separate as possible. You know, use your knowledge as a teacher to be helpful, but keep the two separate, especially so your own kids have their normal school space. I think that's really important for their development and also for our relationship with our own kids. As a parent, putting my son's needs first is the most important thing, and that means as hard as it is, that I sometimes have to step back and just be mom and, and put my right road hat or pair of shoes to the side. I learned to do that right away when my son was in kindergarten. It really works. He doesn't feel like I'm crossing a line in his school. His school is his school. You know what I mean? And I just I feel like that's the approach that really has worked best for me. So I hope, I hope that advice is helpful.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. That's great advice. Jessica Bernard from Nicolette Elementary in Green Bay, Wisconsin, is wondering how parents feel about the way education is changing every year. She would like to know if they are worried about the demands that are put on their students that aren't always developmentally appropriate. She'd also like to know how parents feel about how long it takes for students to be referred for services to get help that they need to be successful in and out of the classroom. Oh my
0: gosh, the demands are way too crazy in terms of pressure to take and get like straight A's in AP classes and to get 4.6 weighted grade points and on and on and on. I mean, I worked my tail off in high school and college, and sometimes I felt a lot of pressure and stress, but not like I see today. You know, challenge and stress can be good. I would rather, for example, have my son take an honors class or an AP class to be challenged But to make him feel like he has to get straight A's or a weighted 4.6 or else he's going to be a failure and he won't be able to get into his top choice college, it's just so not what education is all about. A, a, A huge part of learning is how to pick yourself up when you do have trouble understanding a concept or when you do have a failure. I feel like the focus should be on helping kids learn how to always be excited to do their very best. My son like your son, Rodney, they're awesome. And Michael will get into an awesome college and he will work hard and find his way on the right road. Any other approach that fills our kids with stress and anxiety and fear of failure and pushes them, you know, even from kinder to second grade learning at a crazy pace that they're not developmentally ready for is not okay. And on the, the for the other question, if kids need services... It is such a shame if they have to wait. It's like, you know, um, if a child has appendicitis, you're not going to take them, you are going to take them to the emergency room right away. The timetables on kids being referred to get services at schools can be out of control, red tape filled, and ridiculous, if you ask me. And Marcy, I think for services, um, you have a special needs child. I think you can really speak to this as well.
1: I... (laughs) I can unfortunately it's it's a battle. I mean my daughter does have an IEP and with the IEP set in place it's still a battle. I think half the time the teachers are not even provided the IEP, they haven't read the IEP, they're not in compliance and I can say anything I want and it's just like I'm kind of pushed aside and I've I've noticed from other, you know, friends and everything well special needs is a very quaint community we all talk, and, yeah. and you have to threaten basically to get somebody to represent you, and then the district is willing to take the time and pay money to do that, and then they go for what you're asking and actually comply with your IEP, which they should be doing anyway, and it's a waste of money for the district and for students that could be applied somewhere else helping the entire school. So you're saying
0: typically, like a lawsuit has to happen, bef- and then action is taken. Yeah, yeah, uh, and
1: it's it, it's not always a lawsuit, but you have to have there, there's special needs advocates, and they're basically attorneys, and you're yeah. going kind of to mediation. It doesn't always get drawn out to a lawsuit, but it costs yeah, yeah, money, yeah, yeah. and the the district has to pay for somebody to represent them as well.
0: Yeah, and can it just be handled? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Common sense. Yeah, they're not That's going to be the, the theme for tonight. Interests
1: of, yeah, you've got to look at the best interests of the child always.
0: Well, and the thing is, here's what's, what we, you and I have talked about so much. We are not pointing fingers at anybody listening. You know, it, it's those few and far si- between situations that cause this mountain of trouble. You know, so we're right. not saying any of this to point fingers. We're just saying at from the parent perspective, these are real kinds of issues that we deal with. And Marcy and I understand all of this. So if we're having trouble, imagine how a parent who has really no idea how to handle any of this, it's tough. Just like a lot of things are tough from the teacher perspective, a lot of things in education today are tough from the parent perspective. And again, I'm just so glad that we're opening this dialogue so everybody can understand because that's how things heal, and that, that's how things move forward in wonderful ways. So thank you for adding that. I know it's hard to say some of these things that we're saying tonight. But, yeah, it is. But thank you for you know, really being honest and, and opening your heart, Marcy. I, I really appreciate that. And I know all our listeners do, too.
1: You are welcome. Well, I'm going to try to squeeze in a couple more here. We have a teacher from Ashland, Wisconsin, who is asking something very personal, and she asked us not to share her name, actually. She's an educator, but she's asking this from the student and parent perspective. She shared that she missed half of her freshman year and part of her junior year due to illnesses, and that the district she was attending didn't provide any kind of support. She said she was basically teaching herself chemistry and algebra, too. She's asking, how can a parent advocate for a child successfully without causing severe stress on the child?
0: That is the question, right? I mean, so often we just don't know what to do. My my son had a couple of huge class challenges this year, and I actually, before the show tonight, I asked Micah, I said, can I talk about a few of these things? I'm not going to share specific teachers. He said, absolutely, because he wants everybody to know that he's going through some of these things. So my, one of the challenges he had um, the school just couldn't accommodate the math class he needed. There just weren't enough spaces for kids, but he had to take the math class. And handling it in a loving, helpful, respectful way with the school as a parent took years off my life. And I'm not kidding. I swear I lost five years because I want to handle it the right way and respectful, but it, it, it I had to internalize so much that it, it took years off my life. And I work with teachers in schools, and I understand all of this. Like I said a minute ago, I mean, the red tape... It, teachers and administration, so often no one has time to connect. The avenues to go through are challenging and stressful because everyone at a school is often stretched so thin. We all are. Just know, teachers, that as parents and with so many challenging situations in school nowadays, we're often just as stressed and confused about what we're supposed to do to best support our students and you as teachers, as you as teachers are aiming to support us. We all have to, as I've been saying tonight, communication, we all just have to be open to each other, always being kind in handling things. And keeping the best interests of the kids at at the heart and at the forefront. If And I think if everyone is approaching things in the spirit of true teamwork, I just can't help but believe that the issues can be resolved. But if everyone is feeling stress, like is happening so often these days, something has just got to change because it's not going to work that way. Um, so Marcy, you know, I'll share my nuggets from my heart in just a few minutes, but this, this time is going so fast, fast here. Is there any final message you would like to share today with all of the wonderful Right Road friends listening?
1: Um, well, my, my biggest, the last little parent perspective that I want to include is really about communication. As our kids get older and we as parents are, are cut off from communicating with the teacher, so to speak, um, there's no gradual process into it. So like for us in sixth grade, they didn't want to speak to the parents, which was good. I want my kids to become independent. Right. They set them up with an email address, a school email address. And if they had problems, they were to email the teachers. My kids had never had an email address. They didn't teach them how to send an email. So when I would say, well, your teacher would like you to send an email, they're like, I don't know how. Yeah. And so it's not, they're not following through on their end of teaching the independence that's expected, and, and that's, been, that's been difficult. Well, it's been a great thing for them to learn, it was a difficult process during that year. And great input.
0: The, oh, my gosh. And,
1: and I just, you know, I can't, I can't thank all of you Right Road teacher friends enough for, for all that you do because even through all of this, we do know everything you're putting into it and, and your heart is out there for these kids and we are so grateful for you.
0: Absolutely, and like I said, it's been so hard to say some of these things, but I'm glad we did. Um, because you gotta, you, you gotta let the, you know, everybody know what the other side of the picture is too to help the whole situation. So, Absolutely. thank you so much. Right, thank you so much, Mars. I mean, it's always such a joy sharing the airways with you. <laughs> it's always so fun. it <laughs> <the best>. lasts. <laughs> it does, and you guys know. That we're going to go a bit long tonight, so don't worry. We're almost at the top of the hour. Don't worry. Voice America knows we're going to go long. We wanted to make sure to share all of this from our heart. Um, So we're going to go about 15 minutes long tonight. I've got another awesome giveaway. I've got my nuggets. We've got some more surprises. So um, before before I keep going on, I always like to make sure to thank our amazing on the right road sponsors: Right Road Kids, Right Road Productions, Nair, SeatSack, the Southern California D.C. Audi, Honda, Ford, Lexus, and Toyota car dealerships and their support companies, the Just Shop with Jackie Facebook group, Lori Stinus and her Keller Williams real estate team, and Mo Anderson on behalf of KW and her extraordinary, a joy-filled life book. And reminder you guys to mark your calendars for Sunday, February 9th. That's our next live on the Right Road show date, and it's going to be our big annual Valentine for Teachers show, so you can imagine the awesome giving and fun and surprises we'll have for you then again that's going to be February 9th and you guys I got to do a big drum roll here because I have a huge bonus gift opportunity I have something very very special this evening I have four cue ball classroom microphones to give I saw these on Facebook recently they're amazing they're classroom microphones in a ball that you can literally throw from one child to another, so every child's voice can literally be heard in a classroom. And if you haven't seen them, they're about the size of a playground ball, and that's actually what they look like. And they have a built-in microphone inside that I understand easily connects with pretty much any kind of classroom amplification system. So again, every voice in a classroom can be heard. How awesome is that? They have so many uses. I posted about them to see if there's something y'all would like for your classrooms. And teacher response was off the charts. So I reached out to Peak, P-E-E-Q, the company that makes the cue ball microphones. They helped out with a remarkable price. And I have four of them to give right here, right now. So this is going to be one of my email giveaways. Just email me at Hey Paula, that's H E Y P A U L A at rightroadkids.org. Jot cue ball microphone in the subject line so I can see at a glance that you're entering and then in the body of the email jot your school city and state so we know you're an educator and also include a brief message regarding what a cue ball microphone would mean for your students in classroom this is not going to be one of our random gift drawings like we usually do since these are such extra special gifts. We're going to take into account the need and what each of you share with us. So these are so cool and special. If you haven't seen them and would like to check them out, go to buycuball.com. Lori is my contact at the company, and she's wonderful. I'm sure she or any of their support staff would love to help you if you're interested in you know, them for your school or classroom. And I want to make sure to clarify that they did not reach out to me I reached out to them. When I love a product and think it will be a blessing for students in classrooms, all I want to do is let you all know about it. So again, we're giving away four cue ball microphones right here, right now. Just to enter, just email me at heypaula at rightroadkids.org. Jot cue ball microphone in the subject line so I can see that you're entering. And then in the body of the email, jot your school city and state so we know you're an educator and also include a brief message regarding what a cue ball microphone would mean for your students in classroom. And this opportunity will be open until 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern tonight. And we'll announce the four recipients on our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Wednesday afternoon. Huge thanks to Peak the company that makes cue ball to Lori Stinas and her Keller Williams real estate team. And of course, to Mo Anderson on behalf of Keller Williams and her wonderful, a joyful life book for helping to make this extraordinary giveaway possible. And now you guys, like I always want to make sure to do, I have some nuggets from my heart that you can take with you into the week and into the rest of the school year. And like everything tonight, they're from my perspective as a parent And I really, really hope they'll be helpful. Uh, You know, I'm emotional about them. So know that I'm sharing them with tons of love and compassion and just hope that they'll be so helpful for you in understanding at least this parent's perspective and even more than we've talked about tonight. So my first nugget, I asked my son the other day how he was feeling about high school. And overall, he absolutely loves it. But there are some parts of the educational process that are kind of frustrating him. The biggest one being, and this is really interesting, that he doesn't like and doesn't think having everything online based, like we talked a little bit before earlier, from testing to turning in assignments to a lot of communication with teachers – he doesn't think it's doing well for kids. He wants to write some of his tests instead of taking them on, all, you know, all online. He wants to turn in actual essay papers instead of turning everything on online. He wants to talk to his teachers instead of emailing them regarding questions because that's now often the expected follow-up procedure in high school, you know, with everyone being so busy. And I I especially thought it was so interesting to hear that from him because I think people tend to think That kids like all the technology. But here's a 15-year-old teen saying he wants and needs more of the real and personal relationships with his teachers. And he's sometimes not getting that to the extent that I feel as a parent is crucial in the overall learning process. And honestly, and this this is hard for me to share, but I feel like if he didn't have my husband and me here to listen and to understand and be of support to him, in helping him solve the challenges. We can't do it for him because that would be a total disservice all the way around, especially to him. But our support of him is key. If we weren't here understanding things the way that we do, and I do realize that that's probably in good part due to my in-depth knowledge of schools and my work with and for kids and teachers for the last 27 years. But if that weren't the case, I'd be concerned about him thriving the way that he is. He is such a brilliant kid. And he's dedicated and, and caring and a hard worker. But part of his personality has this cool, chill, laid back in a really awesome way feeling. And I've seen that as a family. We've had to really provide a new base of support for him this year. Or, you know, everything could far too easily have turned into anxiety in his life. And he's not having trouble at school. He's an amazing student and a great kid. He's just having to learn to cope with the fact that things that have typically been personal are going tech at every turn. So all this to say that I feel there is nothing more important for us as parents and teachers than connecting with and building relationships with each other and with our kids and students. I think so much anxiety, you know, related today could be helped with getting back to the basics with less tech and more human interaction. Amen. Uh, my nugget number two As a parent, it's tough to see, really tough to see and hear districts and teachers fighting. I see so much online and hear so much on school campuses where everyone is mad at each other and infighting. And it hurts my heart all the way around, especially as a parent. And I just needed to say that. I'm getting emotional. I needed to say it because it's noticed and it affects me as a parent. And in thinking about it, maybe that's just part of why parents are being so harsh and loud, because maybe sometimes they feel like they need to be loud in order to be heard. I hope that makes sense. And I hope none of you take it personally. I'm just trying to share my two cents, you know. Okay, nugget number three, teachers' impact on kids is huge, good and bad. And again, this is another thing that's hard to speak to, but We all know that a teacher can bring out passion for a subject in a child's life that is life-changing, that helps a child find his thing, his life's calling, or, and this is the part that's hard to say, but a teacher can totally turn a child off to a subject. So if you're burned out and feeling like you're short with your students, it's probably affecting them more than it may seem at the surface. And I absolutely know that is never the intent. Again, as a parent... I just needed to share my heart on that from some of the teacher burnout I've been seeing and how it's affecting kids these days. We've got to uplift our teachers. Oh my gosh. Nugget number four. One thing I've noticed with my son now being in high school is the difference in teachers when it comes to difficulty and grading. And this is another nugget that's hard to share because I absolutely want teachers to teach with their own individual style. Every teacher should be encouraged and allowed to express and teach the way they, where they can rock it and where they can connect with the kids and make learning an awesome experience. hand down. It needs to be that way. And I would actually, like I said before, would much prefer my son to have a teacher who is considered a hard teacher who pushes him in an uplifting way to learn 10 times more than in a class where it's maybe considered an easy A, but the grading process and scale from one teacher to another is tough to see where there can be such vast differences sometimes because in terms of colleges and scholarships, grades do matter. And sometimes the playing field is so different for the same class. My son has a class this year where his teacher is two whole units ahead of the other teachers teaching the same class. He's learning so much, which is absolutely awesome. So I'm incredibly thankful for that. Uh, My son and I talk about it all the time. But the class grades overall in his class are far different than the kids who have other teachers teaching that same class because his teacher's grading scale is so much harder. And as a parent, it seems that grade consistency in in this kind of case should be addressed somehow. I don't really know what the answer is, but again, I just wanted to share from my heart. Um, Nugget number five My Right Road email this weekend focused on how awesome it is when a child has a teacher champion. And I'd like to read part of my actual email to share what this means and why it's so important to my heart. (laughs) My son is a freshman in high school, as I've shared. He started the school year back in August, and every day since, I've been praying he would find a teacher champion. That teacher who, in essence, changes everything at a school for a kid. A teacher champion is an actual champion for kids, a teacher who lights a fire in a kid's heart and soul to learn, who makes a kid want to pop out of bed even at an early morning hour because they're excited to go to school, who makes a kid feel empowered and successful the moment they walk into a classroom every day, who helps kid a kid truly want to do and be great, not for a test, but because learning and being the best you can be is awesome And now there were challenges at the beginning of the school year at my son's school, challenges that could be found at any school nowadays due to budget cuts and other huge difficulties. Uh, No books for all the students in one class, uh, no classroom available for another, no promised Chromebooks for the whole first month of school. And those considerable challenges made made me concerned as a parent that a teacher champion may not be in the cards for my son this year. Uh, The school and teachers just had so many distractions and obstacles to deal with just to get some of the classes up and running. But it looks like that teacher champion has stepped out, and this mom is giving thanks big time. My son, like I've said, is a great kid. He's motivated, compassionate. He works hard, has big dreams, and sets goals, goals to reach them, both athletically and academically. But not having a teacher champion for the first few months made it a really tough start to the school year in some ways. I think we all know what it feels like to be treated like a number instead of a unique, special, amazing human being. And every kid needs and deserves a teacher champion. And a teacher champion is not something a parent or friend can really be. It is a very unique role in a child's life. And when a kid finds theirs, it can be one or more teacher's it can literally make all the difference in the world for so for the, from this parent a million times thank you to all of you who are teacher champions for kids i think it is the most important thing in the world and my nugget number 6 this evening and this is to anyone who will listen from school districts to parents everybody please let teachers teach let them be let them do things the way they need to teach from their heart and soul stop the crazy paperwork train know that they want the best for our kids and if allowed to teach each in their own unique and wonderful way really like things used to be our kids will be best served and i just i'm i'm so emotional um I, on that note, you guys, I hope with all my heart that this show all the way around has been a blessing for you and that all of the heartfelt information Marcy and I shared from the parent perspective will be helpful to you and to your heart and in your work with kids. And you guys, I have one more wonderful parent to teacher on the Right Road giveaway for you this evening. Remember to check our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday afternoon for the and Wednesday both Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons for the long list of recipients from all of tonight's pre-show and live broadcast giveaways. And if you're a recipient, make sure to read the whole announcement post so you know how to respond, okay? This giveaway, Facebook giveaway number three tonight, of course, is open to all educators in the U.S. listening to On the Right Road right now. This is another resource that is a wonderful gift for parents to provide for teachers on a regular basis. I have 15 big multi-colored sets of expo dry erase markers each set has eight vibrantly colored dry erase markers that are guaranteed to make any teacher's day so (laughs) there will be 15 teacher recipients and each will receive one of the awesome expo dry erase marker sets to enter just go to our right road kids facebook page right now as you're listening um, just follow those simple enter guidelines in the giveaway post. Remember to include tonight's code word perspective as part of your entry comment, even if you included it in tonight's other giveaway entries. And this giveaway will be open until just after the end of the show, till 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 Eastern tonight. And we'll announce the 15 recipients on our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday afternoon. Mountains of thanks to Nair, to Lori Steenis and her Keller Williams real estate team, and to Mo Anderson on behalf of Keller Williams and her wonderful A Joy-Filled Life book for helping to make this awesome giveaway possible. Once again, tons of thanks to Marcy for being my very special guest here on the Right Road this evening and for her always extraordinary behind-the-scenes support. Thank you to my amazing engineer Aaron and the Whole Voice America team and thank you all so very much for listening and for being a part of the Right Road family. Blessings, love, and light to every single one of you. In case you missed any part of this evening's show or would like to share it with family and friends, this episode will of course be available to listen to or download for free. And I think this is such an awesome episode to share with your students, parents, and your whole school community. And as I've been doing, I think what I'll do is post the link to the show on our Right Road Kids Facebook page within about a half hour after we wrap up here in case you missed any part of it or would like to share it. And watch for the click and listen giveaway for this episode on our Right Road Kids Facebook page next weekend. Even if you're listening live now, you can still click and listen and enter that Uh, podcast giving fun. Remember that the next Live on the Right Road show will be here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel on Sunday, February 9th. In between our Live on the Right Road broadcasts, you can always connect with us on our Right Road Kids Facebook page and via our website at rightroadkids.org. Hey, you guys, as I always like to close with, Always remember that you are special, appreciated, and loved. Until next time, Sunday, February 9th at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 Eastern, here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Be that daily, positive, bold, empowered inspiration for the kids in your life and live your best, most amazing life on the right road. Wishing all of you, your students, your students' parents, and everyone in your community A wonderful, joy-filled 2020, just filled with amazing blessings, communication, and teamwork all the way around. I love you all. Thank you for listening to On the Right Road with your host,
1: Paula Phillips. Connect with us anytime at www.brightroadkids.org. Or at Right Road Kids on Facebook. And
0: we'll catch you again here every first and third Sunday of the month at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8
1: p.m. Eastern on The Right Right Road.